Cursive writing versus regular writing. According to Wikipedia, cursive is any style of penmanship in which some characters are written joined together in a flowing manner, generally for the purpose of making writing faster. Formal cursive is generally joined, but casual cursive is a combination of joins and pen lifts. Cursive writing, I say. Hey, every once in a while, I notice in my newsfeed someone whining about the fact that cursive writing is not taught in school anymore. Well, I didn't know that it was not being taught in school anymore, but I have to say I don't really think it's a necessary thing to be taught in school. We have way more things that kids need to be learning, and cursive writing probably is not up there anymore, in my opinion. It's something you can learn on your own time if it's something you so desire. I mean, we don't teach calligraphy in school anymore. I mean, (laughs) we move up and we move on, but every so often you get those baby boomers who are whining about something that's changed from their lifetime that's not a part of our lifetime anymore, and they are like, why, God, why? I mean, we don't pull out the felt-tip pens like they did in the 1800s to write anymore. You know, times change. We advance. You know, I actually do that casual cursive writing, you know, where sometimes I connect the letters, sometimes I don't. I just kind of do what works best for me to quickly write. The truth is, I don't really like to write because it's sloppy, on my part, that's probably because I'm just a fast writer and I don't take the time to have good penmanship, but because I'm trying to get my thoughts out so fast. So it's like I'd rather type something because I can keep up typing with my thoughts better than I can writing on my thoughts. But not just be sad, I don't like writing because writing really lets you like take your thoughts anywhere and everywhere. Like before I do a podcast, I write down my thoughts on paper. I just need to get them out of my head and onto paper. It doesn't have to be in any kind of form. When I'm typing on a computer, you tend to have to type line, 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 line. Whereas on a scratch paper, I can just doodle and diddle and cursive write or not cursive write wherever I want. My point is cursive writing, forget it. Who cares? It was just a way to keep the pen on the paper so you didn't have to lift it up as you were writing. I say, who cares? Boo-hoo. You know, write how you want to write. Learn what you want to learn. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Drew Han Show. So I was recently in the store buying myself some new shoes, and I tried on um, a new pair of shoes that I was really interested in, but I was trying different sizes. I wasn't sure what I wanted, and the style of shoe, it was a little different from what I was used to sizing my feet up with. So I tried on these different sizes, picked on the size that I liked, packed up all the boxes, put the ones back I didn't want, grabbed the ones I did want, and paid for them and left the store. The next day, I was really excited to wear these shoes, and so I pull them out of the box and tie them on my feet, put the first one on, go to grab the second one. I realized the second one is a different size. Yeah, I mixed up the sizes that I had been trying on. Not only did I mix up the sizes, I also mixed up the right shoe and the left shoe. So I had taken home two left shoes. (laughs) So there was no choice whatsoever to wear these shoes, even with two different sizes. I managed to screw it up in more ways than one, but that's a part of my life. It's always a little bit of mayhem. And so I was like, darn, I can't wear my new shoes. But so I, I packed up these two left shoes back up into the box. You know, they were one size is too different, too. So I was like, Ugh. 
So I pack them back up and I take them back to the store about two days later. Now I go to the store and I go to like I wanted to let someone know there that I mixed up my shoe sizes and my shoe types, really. And so I just need to swap out the shoes. Let me find the box that has the error. I'm sure it's still there. Well, as I go to the customer service counter, I realize there's a little bit of line, only one person working, and I don't have the patience for it. <laughs> the curse of being a millennial. Anyway, so having worked at Seth's store prior, I kind of knew the ebbs and flows of how things work, too. So was, once I realized that I wasn't going to get through this customer service line quickly just to swap out a pair of shoes, I decided to take matters into my own hand. So I walk to the other end of the store where the shoes are at, and I find a box. I pull the first one off. I knew the size that I needed to pull out, and there was the two right shoes and the wrong sizes. So I was like, ta-da, let me just swap these shoes, okay? And then I realized I should probably check which size I wanted because now I don't remember which size I prefer. (laughs) So I had to try on both shoe sizes again. I know, right back in the store, trying on both shoe sizes. So I turn out, I figure out what I want, and I was like, okay, I want this size. So I make sure to put them back in their correct boxes, and I put the one box back on the wall that I didn't want, and I take the box and put it back in the bag I'd brought with me at the store, and bada-bing, bada-boom, I swapped out the shoes and nobody knew none the wiser. I know, and I continued to shop in the store, too. Now... Remember, folks, don't try this at home. I knew how the store worked. I also had my receipt handy and ready and willing and able. And I knew that if they looked at the cameras, they would see that I was not stealing. I was just exchanging. I don't want to promote exchanging something three months later, though, after you've worn said shoes, thinking you can get yourself a new pair of shoes and just swap them out in the store there yourself. That is not how it works, folks. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on the Drew Hahn Show. Uh, that was a classic Drew moment. Just a great way to kick off the show, don't you think? Anyways, so we have a, a lot to to get through. I'm going to be talking about the listening party. They were recently here in They were recently here in Monaco, Wisconsin, and we don't get a lot of uh, musical flavor up here in the Northwoods, so I was very excited to see them perform. I'm going to touch on the AMAs just briefly, plus we have some upcoming business regarding Appleton that I need to share with you all. And then the highlight subject that I'm going to talk about a little bit later in the podcast today is baby boomers versus millennials. I know, what the heck is going on there? So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned for that. And as usual, there's always great Mile of Music artists featured throughout the podcast. So dish up, sit down, and get ready. I'm excited for a very exciting episode of the Drew Han Show. I do want to kick it off with this, though. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up with the racist white ladies? Have you been paying attention to the news at all? Like Every time I turn on the news, there's a new gal with a nickname videotaping someone of color uh, being in their way in some radical, not radical way. Okay, here's the deal. It started with Apartment Patty. Anyone remember Apartment Patty? Apparently, I don't know the full story on this one, but she was trying, she blocked and was caught on camera a black man from entering the apartment building of said that he lived in. Don't ask me why, but that's what Apartment Patty did. And then like a week later, here comes Cornerstone Caroline. A 12 year old boy had brushed up against her in a corner store while she was at the counter. And she freaked out and blamed this 12 year old boy uh, for groping her and calls 911. Meanwhile, people record this and it was a black boy. See, I don't want to emphasize color because it shouldn't matter on the color, but that's the society we live in. And of course, there's this trend lately. It's our news cycle. And so there was the birth of Cornerstone Caroline being witnessed to calling 911 because a boy allegedly groped her. You know what? They had video footage in the store. The boy had walked behind Cornerstone Caroline and her, his backpack brushed up against her booty. 
okay? His hands were nowhere in sight of her ass, and yet somehow she thought she was being groped. Mm-hmm. So there's Cornerstone Caroline. And then just most recently, we have gas station Gail. Gail owns a gas station or manages one, and some people, after a peaceful protest of some sort, had stopped at her gas station while they were all of African-American descent, and so they were flooding her gas station, and I guess there was a bunch of kids ages 1 through 12 running around all over the place, and probably causing a little bit of mayhem, but she kind of overreacted and called 911, and someone started to videotape her as she's trying to call 911 on all these black folks in her gas station, and she just wants them off the premises. Oh, and there you have it. That is Gas Station. Gail, what is going on with these white ladies? Like, get off your high horse. You know, if it's not the straight men causing sexual prejudices, we have the white ladies causing color prejudice. I don't know what is going on with straight, white, straight America, but get off your horse, people. (laughs) You're making us look terrible. And I'm a white person, and I don't want to look terrible. Okay? And speaking of nicknames, you know, we have Apartment Patty and Cornerstone Caroline and Gas Station Gail. I might as well not leave out Front Row Amy. I know. And if you're a Milwaukee Brewers fan, you know what I'm talking about. Front Row Amy is that cleavage gal in the front row of the Milwaukee Brewers, right behind home plate at every home game. So if you're watching the Brewers on TV, you get a nice shot of Amy's glowing cleavage, and she does nothing to hide it, trust me. I think she knows what she's doing. And so she's been nicknamed Front Row Amy, and it's always a funny thing to kind of look for her when you first tune into a Brewers game. And I think they even wrote a song for Front Row Amy as well. So with that said, it's made for a very exciting October here in Wisconsin.
Alright everybody, thank you for listening to the Drew Han Show. You just heard the song People Talkin' by the band The Listening Party. I thought that was a fitting song to play considering I just talked about those cartoon characters on the other side of the song. So anyways, like I had mentioned earlier, I saw The Listening Party right here in Monaco, Wisconsin. And they killed it. First of all, can I just say how much I love that band's name? I mean, this band performs for a gathering of swell listeners. I party for the ears. Do you see what I did there? <laughs> That's why I love the band's name, The Listening Party. I think it's really swell. Anyways, they killed it here in Monaco, and they played at the Monaco Brewing Company. A neat venue. I really liked it here. I don't get out and about much up here in northern Wisconsin to explore places, and there's not a lot of live music like The Listening Party up here to go check out anyways. So the combination was really great. I really had a good time. I went out solo by myself, but it's sometimes you really can appreciate the music that much more when you're just by yourself, less distracted. You know what I mean? And so this Monaco Brewing Company, I say, has a coffee house feel, but has a cocktail lounge style. And so I really love that kind of vibe, that kind of setting. You know what I mean? Take the Friends Cafe and the Cheers Bar and like mash them together. That's what the Monaco Brewing Company is kind of like. And if you want a comparison, if you're in Appleton, Wisconsin, think of like Lou's Brews a little bit, except for a little more upscale, I'd say. And if you're not from either of those areas, well, just... Go along with what I'm saying. So anyways, I was flying solo that night when I wanted to go check out the listening party. But that's okay sometimes because uh, you find yourself really tuned into the music when you're by yourself, less distracted. You know what I mean? And so, and I loved it because the listening party really is amazing. Their sound is so just them. And they're, they're three guys up there plunking along, doing their thing. They got a, a whole vocabulary of music. I really like it a lot. And so you can really be entertained at around any corner of their set list. And so... I had listened to their latest album, really got myself acquainted with it. So that always helps, you know, make it that much better. I had seen them prior in Appleton, Wisconsin, but it's been almost a year. So I thought it was kind of cathartic the way they they started my year. And I'm kind of bookending my year with listening parties. So thank you, guys. Like I said, it's three guys. I got to be introduced to two of them. They had come up to the bar where I was sitting during their break. And so I introduced myself to them. And so at the bar was Weston, the lead singer, and then Josh. He is their guitar player, and then they also have a drummer player. I did not get introduced to him, but we started to chit-chat and talked about Appleton, you know, common love there and the music scene there. It was a nice time. I have to say, I always have awkward Drew moments with artists, as you come to expect, right? And there's never a dull moment. So here's what was going on. I was at this brewing company, <laughs> and I just didn't want to drink beer. I ordered wine. They had wine, so I ordered wine. So I'm drinking wine. <laughs> I'm on my second glass. And so the the two guys ordered some beers, and so I was like wrapping up the conversation. They're like, "Hey, we got to get going." And it was nice to meet you. I'm like, "Thanks." And they're like, "But here, cheers, toast, whatever they said." And so they raise up their beer glasses, excited after this great rapport I just built with them. And then I raise up my huge ass, you know, Real Housewives size glass of wine, and they're like, "Let's toast." And I'm like, "Here, let's do it." And then I could just feel them like, "Oh, his cool factor just dropped about three leaves." I mean, <laughs> I mean, people drink wine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I and I'm not like judging myself for drinking wine but i could just feel you know i lost that cool hipster factor apparently by not drinking the beer so <laughs> i just had to laugh i did later order beer because i could not drink those huge ass glasses of wine all night long because they were expensive anyways so always and forever drew moments with the artist let's keep things moving right along with another listening party song i'm going to play for you the title track off their latest album and which is called less is more Seen things you've 
is more Now and again I won't pretend I'm not alone Oh, I see things I've never seen before Well, I don't know why I play these games Thank you for tuning into the Drew Han Show. I always love my listeners and I love my loyal listeners. And don't forget to check out the Facebook page if you haven't already liked it. Do so. All right. One other thing I want to just shout out to you guys and let you fill you in on a little bit is a Spotify, a Spotify, a Spotify, a Spotify. What I meant to say is Spotify. <laughs> Such a hard word to say. By the way, what's up with Topsify? Is that a real thing? I keep hearing people referring to Topsify. Is that a music app as well? Is it like a, a or just a funny thing people say about Spot? What is Topsify? Is the, and is that where everyone's going? I don't need to migrate to another app, people. Ugh. Anyways, my point is, I use Spotify and I have a playlist, a public playlist for all to join in and listen on out there called Temporary. I just called it that because I needed to quickly label a playlist I was making and it was just going to be for to listen to music temporarily. I wanted to hear two different artists' latest album and so I threw them in this temporary playlist and I hit shuffle and I really liked it. And so I'm finding myself mashing up two artists together that I think will work together and usually it works out pretty well. And the most recent mashup I did, and it's still up there for you to try in the temporary playlist, is The Listening Party, who I just recently discussed, along with a recent AMA winner and uh, just new favorite of mine, Camilla Cabello. Do you guys know who she is? She's pretty popular on the mainstream music level, you know, the top 40 stuff. And so she was talking about the American Music Awards a little bit. She was there. You know, Taylor Swift won big, Shawn Mendes won, and Camila Cabello won. And that's really cool. I believe she won uh, New Artist of the Year. And I know some of her music, but I've never been like a, a cited fan of hers. But now I am. Because this gal, she is, well, she's not only cute, but she performed this song at the AMAs called Consequences. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. And it was played with a symphony behind her. And I'm used to thinking of Camila Cabello as like, you know, your usual pop sort of diva, you know. She's got that song, Havana. And so sometimes I find that song a little irritating. So I didn't have high hopes for her music. But same could be said when I used to first start listening to Shawn Mendes. And now I love Shawn Mendes. So listening to Camila perform, I was just awestruck. And the song was beautiful. 
And so I really wanted to listen to her latest album and that, that had that song on it to see what her music really was like. And so at the same time, I really wanted to catch up and listen to the listening party. So I decided to throw their most, both of their most recent albums into the temporary playlist. And you guys, it was a beautiful mashup. Like I was surprised how well they went well together. So I'm leaving it out there for a little while longer for you to check out. It's the listening party's latest album, which is that one I mentioned, Less Is More. And then Camila Cabello's latest album, which I don't know the, the name of that album, so forgive me for that, Camillo. But it's a great, great song. Bunch of songs eclectically come together on the playlist, and I'm just pleasantly surprised how well it sounds, so I really want you to go out there and listen to that. I'm going to play a little bit of Camilla Cabela's song that I loved watching her perform at the AMAs. The song is called Consequences. With five nominations tonight, including one for New Artist of the Year, here is Camila Cabello. Dirty tissues, trust issues Glasses on the sink, they didn't fix you Lonely pillows and a stranger's bed Little voices in my head Sacred keeping, stop the bleeding Lost a little weight because I wasn't eating All the souls that I can't listen to To tell the truth Loving you was young and wild and free Loving you was cool and high and sweet Loving you was sunshine sound a steady place to let down my defenses but loving you had consequences hesitation awkward conversation running on low expectation every sign that i was ignoring i'm paying for it loving you
All right, everybody, thank you for listening to The Drew Han Show. We've now reached that point in the agenda where we're going to talk about Appleton, Wisconsin, and all things great that need to be announced for the area. But before I do, I have something... Some, somewhat of a shout out I'd like to do, but it's, I think it's Appleton related. Well, it's definitely Wisconsin related, and that's to the brand Drink Wisconsinably. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Does anyone follow them on the social medias? I follow them on Facebook, and it's basically a t-shirt brand of the saying Drink Wisconsinably, and it started with these guys who came up with that phrase and, uh, printed it on shirts, and it took off from there. And now they have a whole plethora of clothing and apparel with that phrase and logo, Drink Wisconsinably, on it, plus a whole bunch of other taglines and fun stuff. It's really booming, and their their social media accounts are really a lot of fun to follow. I highly recommend you check it out. It's called Drink Wisconsinably, and it's just a play on words of drink responsibly, obviously. <laughs> well, those are a lot of hard words to say wrapped up all in one sentence. But anyways, here in Wisconsin, if you're not familiar, we like to drink. And so any chance we can make fun of it or or toast to it, that's what Drink Wisconsinably does. So if you go out and you look at their Facebook page, oftentimes they're highlighting some of the great things that make Wisconsin great. And usually it's not making us look so great, but it's still funny. And it's not just about being a bunch of booze hounds. It's just about the hilarity that we find of things here in Wisconsin. Plus, they also opened up a bar in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, too. Now it's called Drink Wisconsinably. Go figure. Anyways, it's on my bucket list of something I'd like to check out really in the near future, too. So my point also is that at the hotel I work at part-time, a rep for Drink Wisconsin stayed there overnight. So I got to chat with him, uh, got some banter going, learned a little bit about Drink Wisconsin. He was a nice fella. I tried to fill him in and clue him in on Northern Wisconsin a little bit because he's trying. they're trying to grow uh, the brand up here. It's not doesn't have such a big presence yet. And so, anyway, so we had this nice conversation, and I welcomed him to the area, which resulted in me getting a Wisconsin, Drink Wisconsinably t-shirt from the rep. So I really appreciate that, because I really love the brand, and it was a neat t-shirt. So thank you very much. His name is Mike. Shout out to him and Drink Wisconsinably. Okay, now as we get into all things Appleton, okay, the first thing I want to remind everybody about real quickly is the fact that the Rad Dad Tour is coming to town real soon, real, real, real soon. It's Remember, it's featuring Dan Rodriguez, it's got Matt Hires and J.D. Eich, J.D. Eichner, Eicher, still not sure how to pronounce that name. <laughs> And so they're going to be performing at the Outer Edge in Appleton, Wisconsin. I already got my ticket. Actually, I got two tickets. I'm going to be getting a third ticket because people just keep wanting to join the greatness that is the Drew Han Show for what's going to be an amazing show. Plus, you know, podcast favorites, Tammy and Cooper will be joining me as well. And I really want all of you guys to join. So come. You can hang out with the Drew Han Show at the Outer Edge. Uh, we can talk in between sets and everything if you'd like to get to know us all a little bit better. I'd love to get to know you as listeners as well. So please. Please come on down, say hello. Prior to that, I'm hoping to make a pit stop that same day prior to the show at the Refuge Lounge. You know, remember that lounge that I always pronounce wrong? And just as I learned to pronounce it, I learned that they're closing. (laughs) Ironically, or not ironically, maybe, the day of the Dan and the Rad Dad tour is also the last day of the Refuge Lounge. I know, right? Let's go into serious sad mode now. Aww. And so my hopes is to take the gang that I'm with and go to the Refuge Lounge 
prior to the Rad Dad Tour show and uh, just pay our respects <laughs> to this great venue that will be no more. And so if you get a chance before then or on that day, go check out the Refuge Lounge. It's been a neat place to check out music and just kind of sit back and uh, and feel classy. They serve wine and spirits and cheese and sausage platters and all that great stuff. So go check it out. Okay, so one other thing that I think is really neat that I need to mention about Appleton, Wisconsin, there's always a bunch of businesses coming and going, so much so that there's a section in the Post Crescent called The Buzz. And the buzz is devoted to all things Fox Valley as far as business goes and when they're coming and going. Because things come and go so quickly. It's just like, you know, they pop up and they're bulldozed down and something new pops right back up. And so the same is definitely said about downtown Appleton. There's always new and exciting businesses and restaurants and nightlife and this, that, and the other popping up downtown. Well, my most excited thing I've recently heard about popping up downtown Appleton is going to be a Dollar Tree. I know, that sounds kind of ridiculous to say, right? But I'm quite excited. I think Appleton downtown needs something like the Dollar Tree right in the heart of everything as well. It's going into one of the furniture stores, I guess, that it's closing down or did close down. And I think the Dollar Tree is a perfect thing for downtown because we really don't have anything when you're on the Strip or on College Avenue to, like, pick up something cheap and quick. You know what I mean? Like, if you're out and about for one of the many events that go on downtown and you could use some kind of cheap party favor or you might, you know, need a quick pair of, you know, batteries for something or maybe you, you're in a pinch for for a tampon you know or you just need some crackers while you're walking up and down the street or maybe you thought i need a spatula i really need a new spatula go to the dollar tree and get one for a dollar right there on college avenue i mean that would be convenient i really a lighter get lighters there you know you can pick up a soda for a dollar i think it would be a, it's just going to be a great thing for downtown appleton and i didn't think a general business store like that would make it downtown but Dollar Tree is doing it. So I'm excited for that. Okay, why don't we take a short break? I'm going to play some more music. In the prior broadcast, I had mentioned I'm not familiar with J.D. Eicher, um, or how to pronounce his name, but that I would be listening to his music in the weeks to come to get a feel for who he is. So I'm prepared when I go to it see him at the Rad Dad Tour show. And so I've done such that. So now I'd like to play one of my favorite songs I've listened to so far as I've reviewed him um, in the weeks leading up to this. To the one who drives around parking lots, hitting cars and running off. To the girl who thinks she's better than us, cause of all the fancy stuff. To the woman in the restaurant, making a fuss about her food. And to the server who stoops low enough to add some seasoning from his shoe. To the man who thinks a homeless guy could just go get a job. To the hordes who couldn't care to try and just return my call. To the racist fool who folks forgive, cause he comes from another time. And to the guy who thinks since his day stinks, he ought to ruin mine. Well, I have something to say. You've got a lot of growing up to do. You've got a lot of growing up to do. You've got a lot of growing up to do. You've got a lot of growing up to do. To the cop who gave me a ticket, then passed me later at 85. To the lady preaching on the corner telling me my faith ain't right Well to the teacher sure there's nothing more important than her quizzes And to the girl who said I love you and never met it for a minute To the crew that writes commercials that make it hard to watch TV To the jerk at work on viruses just to make computers freeze To the congressman who gets a job but then won't get it done 
And the one thing that makes you cool, listen to this song. Well, pay attention, baby, this will all make sense when you're a little older. You've got a lot of growing up to do. You've got a lot of growing up to do. The boss who never fails The cheaters, the beaters, the bullies, the lies The lazies, the crooks, the criminals, the sickos The know-it-alls, the devil and at least to My ex-girlfriends To the corporate creeps, email spammers, backstabbers Fox News and people who are just plain mean To the folks at the post office Who can make a line move slower than I can believe And to me and anyone I might have missed You got a lot of growing up to do But to the very few of you Who still say please and thank you Well thank you To everybody else All right, everybody, thank you for still listening to The Drew Han Show. Much love to you for that. And now we've reached the anchor of the episode, and that is my segment about boomers versus millennials. I am intrigued by this concept of the two generations, and... To help you further follow along throughout the podcast, I will refer to baby boomers as just boomers. You know, as a true millennial, we like to shorten everything up, make it nice and sweet and tight. And so why say baby boomers when I can just say boomers? It sounds really a lot more cool. So it's boomers versus millennials here on the Drew Han Show. To kind of give you a little bit of definition to start things off, uh, baby boomers were born before 1965, followed by the next generation known as Generation X, born from 1965 to 1981. And then millennials, that's me, started being born in 1982 and kept being born all the way through 2004. Those are your three generations that really stand out right now. Now, for the sake of this conversation and today's podcast, I will not be talking about Generation X, mostly because they just don't count. <laughs> I'm kidding, but they're just there. You know, that generation, Generation X, just kind of slides into whatever they can relate to the quickest, in my opinion. Uh, you know, when it feels right, they go baby boomer. And when it feels like they want to be a hipster or cool, they slide right into uh, the millennial generation. So they're just kind of there. They just kind of float back and forth to make themselves feel welcome wherever they best can. Okay? Uh, but I call them our bridge generation also because they bridge these two generations together and help make things go a little bit copacetic when it needs to be, because really, Generation Boomer and Generation Millennial sometimes are butting heads, if you know what I mean. Okay? So, with that said, I have noticed it's something that's gotten on my radar lately, because A, I live in northern Wisconsin. This is a very Boomer-eccentric area, okay? Um, it's a... that 
type of place where this is a very tourist area. Um, but with that said, so if you're a local, the millennials flee this and head south. And as you age, the boomers just seem to rise up like hot air up to this area. So as I'm stuck in this influx of boomers, I get into this day-to-day routine that they have and I notice their quirks. Let's put it that way. And I know we have our quirks as millennials. So is this a dialogue be- between the two generations? Not so much. Probably it's going to come across more as a millennial complaining about a boomer. <laughs> but not really. I just wanted to shed some insight on the fact that boomers are funny. And millennials, well, we're just here. We're having ourselves a good time quickly, efficiently, and uh, effectively. Put it that way. <laughs> to give you even more definition, the reason this also kicked into high gear for me is I saw this video on YouTube. Um, and it's a, a video about... uh Baby boomers versus millennials. And what it does, it's got two people in a conference room. One is a baby boomer. He is being interviewed for a job by a millennial. Okay? So I've queued up kind of a little bit of what it's about. Why don't you just take a listen at least and kind of get an idea for what I'm coming from. Did I get the job? Absolutely not. Why not? Because you're a baby boomer and I am a millennial. Ah, well, Melanie, I, I am overqualified for this job. I don't know where you got this. We don't do paper applications. I made it. I don't do the internet. Okay, that is the third time you have said that this interview, and it also says so on this homemade job application. There you go, champ. I don't know what this is for. Don't you need a trophy anytime you... anything? (laughs) Oh, it's on. How'd you get here? Horse? (laughs) I drove. My car. I own it. After eight more payments. What? How'd you get here? I took an Uber. Do not know what that is. (laughs) I bet you're a vegan. Yeah, because I'm not a monster. Your generation is afraid of black people. Your generation thinks you are black people. Oh, word. Look at who you guys voted for. Yeah, that's right. I voted. Touche. This is the only way you'll ever own a house. Learning how to text is the only way you'll ever communicate with your son. So... Alright guys, who took my Sheryl Crow album? Gen X. You know what? You're hired. I quit. Dad! So much was uh, said and done in that minute and 30 second video, but it is something. It certainly loads your mind with all the hilarity between the two generations. That is for sure. It was uploaded onto YouTube by a content creator known as Ross Paget. Speaking of millennials, you know, we like to be different and unique, that's for sure. And Ross, I wasn't sure how to pronounce this, and it just flew off my tongue at the beat. It just, it just flew off my tongue as I was doing this podcast right now, not looking at it prior, but as I was watching the video while doing the podcast, I was like, what is his first name? It's spelled R-A-U-C-E. I had no clue. That's probably Ross, right? So it just came out. But, you know, from one millennial to the other, I get it. <laughs> you know, actually, when I was in middle school, there was a short period of time where I wanted to be so unique that I spelled my name Drew with a Y, D-R-Y-W, Drew. Yeah, 
Uh-huh. That's a way to spell it. Don't laugh. Okay. Uh, I got over that and it's still Drew. But, you know, I realize it's a Y is a Y and an E is an E and just do what I do. <laughs> so if you want to watch the video, which I highly recommend because the visual is that much better as well. Trust me. It's under Ross Paget's account. Okay. Now into some of my observations that I have about boomers and millennials, or at least what I witnessed being a millennial and being around boomers. <laughs> One thing, talking to my sister about my parents again, was the texting vocabulary and the way we text and the use of texting. You know, when you text with a boomer, uh, it's filled with, um, a lot of words usually. <laughs> I have an experience with a lot of misspelled words as well. Uh, and especially with my mom, this woman likes to text. I'll tell you that for sure. And I think she, the idea, the concept of being instantly in touch with someone really, you know, is, is cool to her. And it's nice that she can, at the drop of a dime, you know, be able to send some words to me and I can respond right back real quickly. The thing is in our world today, you know, if you're trying to take a little step back, social media can really pull us down. It's instant, instant, instant. So I try not to be on my phone all the time like that. And so I want to reserve real conversations for when I'm really in person with people. And when I think it's something that can be saved and not necessarily a, a text-worthy or instant messaging-worthy topic, I tend to be like, wah, wah. <laughs> and so that's just an observation as far as, like, texting going. Here's another thing. Boomer speak. I call it boomer speak. They have this way of talking, this idea of the, the world to them, and so it's projected out in their language. A friend of mine clued me in on this a little bit, and that's when I really realized there's such a thing as boomer speak. Uh, she being a millennial called her baby boomer friend. They're long distance, no longer, you know, in the daily parts of their lives. And so she just called her to say hi or whatever. Uh, I think it was the boomer's birthday. And so as uh, the millennial called the boomer, the boomer responded back after she picked up the phone and said, I was just thinking of you and I was just thinking I should call you. Were you now, darling? Were you actually thinking about that person and that you really needed to call her? Or is that just the initial thing that comes to your mind to say when you've heard from somebody and they beat you to the punch? <laughs> and that's just a respect thing that the boomers have. And I don't think that's anything, you know, bad there. They're just like, oh, shoot, I never called that person. So they say the first thing that comes to mind when really you're just identifying the problem more and you would have been better off just not saying anything and just taking the phone call right then and there, as is, was from the millennial, right? Anyways, so that's boomer speak a little bit. And then uh, another thing I notice about boomers these days, especially since I'm surrounded by them so much between my two jobs, really, too, boomers like to narrate their actions. Anyone notice that out there? Boomers like to speak everything that they're doing. Oh, I had to go to the bathroom, tripped over the rug on the way there. Not fascinating to me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what's going on? It's like everything needs to be present and in the now. And yet millennials are being accused of not being focused with being in the now when we're stuck listening to too much in the now. I think that's the problem. There needs to be a little bit more blend of in the now and definition of what is actually in the now. <laughs> However, boomers like to illustrate everything that they're doing. They also dilly-dally. And again, this is where the differences become between a millennial and a boomer. You know, it's this fast-paced world, and we're trying to slow ourselves down a little bit because we go, 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 go. And that really is pushed and emphasized by the millennials. We really like to try to multitask. Everything that we do, I am certainly guilty of it. I am trying to make sure I cover everything I can all the time. I'm going, 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 going. Even when I watch TV, I want to feel productive. You know what I mean? And so reminding ourselves to take a little bit of time to relax, which is something I do emphasize to all people. It's something that is important. 
whether you're a boomer, Gen X, or a millennial, taking time to yourself, sitting down, even in the silence, letting things kind of calm down is important. But sometimes baby boomers sit a little bit more in that pocket. And I can really tell you I have a firsthand experience with that living in northern Wisconsin, living in Appleton, Wisconsin. The pace up here is a lot slower. It's really something to get used to, and I'm still haven't. I'm still like, I can get that done twice as fast as what's going on right now. And I'm like floored. You know, when you go to a gas station and you wait in line and that person is, oh, I want a box of those. And that was on sale over there, but it's not showing up here. And can I do that? And then when you're matched with a boomer customer to a boomer worker, Oh, it's going to take forever, man. You're not getting out of that store anytime soon. Let me tell you what's going on. That boomer customer is talking about everything that just happened to them in the store to the boomer uh, worker who is not working while listening to the story. You know, here's where we should be multitasking a little bit. Listen to the story and check them out. But the millennial will do that. The boomer will not. They will pause everything they're doing, listen to the story, whilst a line forms at the quick trip. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Okay? And so you have, you're waiting and waiting for this two-way boomer conversation happening and you think you're almost done you know just needs for the payment to happen when all of a sudden the when all of a sudden the boomer whips out that check that's right that piece of paper that they are going to fill and sign out ever so slowly in cursive writing and then slip to the boomer worker who's going to have to run it through a machine and the boomer didn't need to fill out the check they don't know that but if you tell them that they're just going to argue with you well i gotta fill out the check That's how I've filled out the check for the past 40 years. I ain't going to change my ways now. (laughs) So that's my experience with boomers, especially up here in the Northwoods, and they're dilly-dallying, okay? The next thing is that you think millennials whine while boomers complain. That is for sure. They complain about nonsense, too. They go on and they dwell Boomers are dwellers. Oh my gosh, they find something they don't like and they dwell on it for centuries. I'm not kidding. And But I'm going to wrap this back into complaining. Did you get this? Did you hear this? The Chicago Cubs did not get into the postseason. Obviously, we all know that. Uh, and since then, one of the coaches, the batting coach or something like that, was fired from the team. He later went on to say that he was fired because he can't relate to the millennials something along those lines that he didn't know how to speak or uh, exchange with the millennials, so therefore that's why he was fired. I want to say crack a bull, okay? Millennials will communicate with you, and you just have to also, we're learning to communicate with you. Why don't you learn to communicate with us as well? Why is there always this like butting heads thing? I just thought it was bad that this boomer was complaining that he got fired because of the millennials. How about you just suck at your job? Are we going to admit that? Hmm? That coming from the boomers who look at the millennials as a, a everybody needs a trophy situation. Well, sir, you are not getting a trophy for your coaching, if you know what I mean. <laughs> the truth is, really, though, that it's just a generational divide and it will always exist. It comes back to the curse of writing. We used to write with feather pens and they dip them into those ink trays, you know, and write about six six words and then re-dip the pen, you know. Like, would you teach that in school? No. Every generation excels and makes things a little bit better for the next generation. And that's just the way the world works. It's always going to work that way. Everything will get better and better. And whether it's, you know, going to be the epitome of the end of the world or just the way the life will always be no matter what is things will excel and get better and better. 
And so we need to embrace that a little bit more. Because the truth is, as millennials, I hope we recognize this now as we look to see how the boomers are reacting to us, is that 30 years from now, us millennials will become the boomers. And there will be a whole nother generation of people younger and who have made things that we've done even more efficient. Are we going to fight that? Or are we going to be a little bit more inclusive to that and to change? I don't know what's going on in our world today, but overall, all generations just don't seem to jive well with that, and they each have their own faults. But let's work together a little bit more. The observation is that the tipping point happened where there's more millennials now than there are baby boomers. It's hard for one generation to let go and hand it over to the next generation. That's just evolution. That's just what's going to happen. And it will happen again to us millennials. So let's just learn from example and move on. All generations will always collide. All right. So with that said, I still want to try to end this segment with a little bit of positivity, a little bit of inclusion, a little bit of unitedness, and a little bit of love. Okay, so I recently saw on the PBS NewsHour, does anybody watch that? I think it's a great place to get the news. Um, they have a segment on there called Brief But Spectacular. Okay, and on this segment, they feature people from around the states and the world, really, talking about just kind of random things, kind of like this show, anything and everything, you know, and just their take on something. And it usually has deep thoughts, you know, and takes something so not trivial and makes you realize that the world is bigger than us, you know, and it takes, helps take you take a step back and, and quizzes you a little bit. So it's just this magnificent, usually anywhere from like a minute to five minute, if that maybe, a segment that really packs a punch. And you really get introduced to these amazing people that you otherwise wouldn't really know of in the world. And they're usually successful in some kind of business platform. That's the other angle that it's geared for, for the brief but spectacular segment. With that said, bridging what I've just talked about a little bit and not talking about Generation X, (laughs) bridging what I've just talked about a little bit with Boomers versus Millennials, this brief but spectacular segment features a guy by the name of Phil Kay. Now, he's a poet, and it was neat watching this. It's visually something to see, but when I put it in audio form for you to hear in the podcast, I need to kind of briefly describe it. And it loses a little bit of the chill factor, I call it, when you get like the goosies when you're watching something. But as a poet, he wrote this book of poetry and it's just released. It's called Dayton Time. And so this, the brief but spectacular segment starts out with him doing one of his uh, poems, I believe, from his book Dayton Time. And the poems are based upon experiences from his life. And so watching this, the segment, I didn't know that right away. It just went, it just started with him talking ever so elegantly. I didn't realize it was one of his poems. And then it cuts at the end and explains things a little bit more. So I wanted to paint that picture a little bit for you so you could really get involved with what you're hearing. This is Phil Kay on Brief But Spectacular. My grandfather was not a strong man, but he knew what it meant to build. In 1947, after he and my great uncles returned from the Second World War, They opened up Union War Surplus Store. The store's slogan, from a battleship to a hunting knife. We have it or we'll get it. My grandfather was not a strong man, but he kept his word. The place was half store, half encyclopedia, packed all the way to the basement with people that somebody somewhere else might forget about, but not here. Like Richard. Richard, who did not work there, but showed up every Sunday afternoon in his full military uniform. Never once bought a single thing, but once brought his little girl, held her hand, said, this is what it smelled like when daddy was a hero. My grandfather was not a strong man, but he kept us safe. 
We walked together in the park one night, and a jagged man with more tattoo than skin walked up directly to my grandfather, said, Hey, old man, my mom took me to your store once when I was a kid, and you shook my hand like I was a man. I still remember that. They called my grandfather Cheerful Al with his big belly, bald head, long gray beard. Little kids would see him and go, Santa Claus. Six years after Union War surplus store opened its doors, my grandfather had a son, my dad. He is not a strong man, but he knows what it means to build. One summer when he was a teenager, he built a door in the back. It's still there. Forty years after Union War surplus store opened its doors, my father had a son. I'm not a strong boy, but I'm trying to learn what it means to build. One summer when I was a teenager, I worked at the store, built this display that went all the way up to the ceiling, ran up to my grandfather, showed him what I had done. Very good, Philip, very good. When I asked him what to do next, he handed me an old piece of paper, a beat-up pen. When I asked him what to do with it, he shrugged his shoulders and laughed, and I began to build the only way I know how. I wrote this when my grandfather passed away. I think traditional masculinity can be somewhat of a trap. And so to have my grandfather, who was not particularly strong or tough or even cool, be kind of the pillar of his community in these ways was really inspiring and important to me to see as a model. The thing that makes me happiest after this piece is when, is when people say, you know, my grandparent is still around and I'm going to call him. My name is Phil Kay, and this is my brief but spectacular take on my grandfather, Cheerful Al. Whew, I get chills just listening to that all over again. I don't know, something, I mean, really I get chills watching it. I had the luxury of watching it while I was doing the podcast. But listening to his elegant voice do that poem and talk about his history or his grandfather, Cheerful Al, and bridging the generations through that. I really thought it was cool, and I really thought it was a, a a nice poignant end to everything that is boomers versus millennials. And if you get a chance, please go watch the actual brief book spectacular take. It's out there on PBS News Hours Facebook page if you want a quick, easy access to it. And finally, I'm going to read to you because I was so inspired by seeing this brief book spectacular take. With Phil Kay, I went and followed him on Facebook and I kind of zoomed through his page a little bit. And there I found one of his poems that he shared on his Facebook page. It's a really short and sweet one, don't worry. But it's from date and time. And not only is it, you know, kind of go with what we're discussing, it wraps up everything that I've kind of been through personally, losing my grandma this year, earlier in the year. This is my shout out to her a little bit because towards the end of her life, she was very much mentally disabled. And so you always wonder what was going through her mind and everything. And not that this poem is directly related to any kind of mental disease, but I think it overall umbrellas everything it is to be of an older generation. And so Phil Kay's poem is this. My grandmother's mind was a ballroom. Inside were her memories, each one dressed for a celebration. Barbara 
Said he'd be back tomorrow Out on Pearl Street with a rose in his hand What's so charming and If she breaks his heart It's better than never loving at all He's got some work covering Hickston Red on old Teddy's shed Now Teddy's talking about The woman that he lost Said she'd be gone a couple hours She was halfway to Georgia The banker named Stan She even made him a little sad Thanks again for joining me here on the Drew Hun Show. That song you just heard was another listening party song. It's called Disco. If I could just give another shout out to the band, their latest album, Less Is More, is an awesome album. So I really encourage you to go out and listen to it on however you listen to music, whether it's an app or a CD 
or some of these bands even have vinyl, Spotify, Google, Apple, whatever it is, go find the music. It's all out there in all the all the avenues for you to listen to it. That song, Disco, I recall correctly from what I heard during uh, their visit here to Monaco, Wisconsin, and telling about their music was about one of the musicians from Listening Party's grandfather. So just kind of going through all that is the ebbs and flows of boomers and millennials, I thought it was a neat song to, to feature in the podcast as well. They have another song titled Ruthie, also, which is about another band member's uh, grandmother. So they really use their rich history to help with their writing, and that's very elegant to them of what they do. So this is not about separating us. It's about uniting us, really. Okay? I want to thank you all for listening to The Drew Han Show. It's been a great episode hanging out with you. I hope you had a lot of fun with it. Remember to share it on your pages. It always helps to spread the word, spread the love. People spread the love. So that means if you're not liking the Facebook page already, do so, The Drew Han Show. Follow me on Instagram, The Drew Han Show. I'm on Snapchat, The Drew Han Show. I'm on all the podcasting platforms, so follow along there. Subscribe. It's great to subscribe in any of those ways to be alerted to new episodes and ideas and concepts that are coming up for the show also it's very encouraged to go out there and rate the show i want to hear feedback from you guys so send me your love messages facebook whatever i don't care i want to hear from you thanks again for listening to the drew han show i'm your host drew han and until next time smooches So we've reached that point in the agenda where it's now time to talk about Appleton, Wisconsin a little bit. But before I do, <clears throat> excuse me, always burp in the podcast. <sighs> I don't know why I always take a big gulp of water before I'm about to start talking again. And then hence a burp is going to form, right? <laughs> at the hotel, I work at part time, part time, part time. <laughs> <laughs>